TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. A big win for our Chicago White Sox here in the fine city of Chicago yesterday. Pauly Canerco making a bid for uh, maybe consideration for your most valuable player award. Gets a three-run homer. Cubs win again. The Mike Quade Aaron. I think I'm the only guy jumping on the Mike Quade bandwagon. Plenty of good seats still available, but six and three out of the great Mike Quade. Bears play Cleveland Browns tonight. Moment of silence for the interest in that particular game, man. More importantly, college football kicks off tonight. How about that? Northern Illinois locally taking on Iowa State in the college football season 2010. And into 2011 starts tonight. I think you got four or five games on the uh, television. We can watch Ohio State take on Marshall. That has the potential of being a decent game. A couple other ball games out there, too. Southern Miss and South Carolina as well. Welcome, everybody. TalkZone.com. It's two guys at a mic, the coach. Flying solo today, that's always a dangerous mission if you care to stay aboard. Make sure you strap yourself in and remember the seat cushion can be used as a flotation device. What are they doing now, Dave? They're charging people in airplanes like you could pay an extra 10 or 20 bucks so that you can get the first couple of rows. Did you read that? Yeah, I heard they're doing that and also for the exit rows. They're going to start charging extra. What? Charging extra? For the exit rows, yeah, because you thought get the extra leg room. I thought a lot of people, okay, for the leg room. Because there are those that don't like the pressure of being in the exit. No, 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 it's a very popular seat because you don't, you're, you don't have the uh, seats right on top of you. Mm-hmm. And you can actually stretch your legs out. So. All right. But, but, but you've got to be able to be prepared in an emergency to pull that lever down and open up the hatch and slide down, even if you're not quitting a job and take this job and shove it like uh, Stephen, whatever his name is. Yeah, so I... I you know, to me, they should pay people to sit in the exit out. But you got a little more leg room. A guy like me with long legs would appreciate that. Ten or twenty bucks to sit in the front of the airplane. You know what the big advantage is? Leg room has become secondary. People are paying the ten and twenty for what? Getting out of the plane first. Uh, no. Now it's the battle for baggage space. So what they're saying is most of the people that are paying this extra 10 or 20 now just so they can get on the plane right away and get their bags up in the storage bin. Yeah, but they don't board the plane that way. They board it from back to front. They don't do it from front to back. Sure they do. No, they don't. Yeah, they do. Front to back. First class is always seated first. Typically. But those those people get to go (laughs) Don't look at me like that. They get to go in in the beginning, and it's nice you have the extra leg room. Nice to be in the first couple of rows. But right now, the battle is on for the baggage space up top. I think we talked about this before when it first became uh, a situation, if you will. It's part tragedy and part comedy. And I want to go about, it's about 85% comedy, 15% sad. A sad viewing of the human condition. Watching people on the play. If you got your bag, first of all, I, I don't carry one of those big, huge bags. And the bag that I carry on a plane has got all my reading material. It's got all this. I want it with me. 
So I don't put it up in the upper bin. I always put the stuff down low, even though it cramps me a little bit. Well, most people get the get the uh, larger carry-ons now, yes. so they don't have to pay the baggage fees. Well, fees, exactly. Which you know, what is which is ridiculous. Yep. You know, it's like it, it's and forget it if you've got a bag that goes over forty pounds. So, right. I mean, that's where they stick you. Yeah. So part of the humor now is just watching what people uh, try to get through as quote unquote carry-ons. But then even better is the battle to put the uh, the bags up top, pushing, shoving. Elbowing. I mean, it's uh, you know, it's it's equivalent to like a good hockey fight. You watch that baseball fight last night. I don't know how many people saw it. Nigel Morgan, I believe his name is, kind of a loose cannon, a little bit of the hitter's version of Carlos Zambrano. Pretty thin guy, pretty small guy. You could fit about four Nigel Morgans into one Carlos Zambrano. But a big baseball brawl. That's what it looks like on the airplanes now. You got to be, you got to, you can't just go onto a flight expecting to get your stuff in the upper bit. Your bags in the upper bin without being A in condition, B being prepared. You got to start doing some agility drills, some quickness drills, forearm shivers. That kind. Of, you come in unprepared. You and your bag and or your bag will be uh, departing the plane. No question about that. All right, eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. I got off on that particular tangent because as I started to say, I'm flying solo today. The big dog Joel Radwanski, uh sleeping. Right now, you could say, ah, sports talk host, lazy, can't get up by 10 o'clock. No. The big dog is working like two consecutive 16-hour shifts on some temp jobs until we can find the full-time gig. So he had to catch up on the sleep tonight. Those gigs paying a little bit more uh, than this gig. So I told him, hey, no problem at all. You do it when you can do it. So the big dog not in today is getting some beauty rest. And if it's beauty rest for the big dog, it probably needs uh, – Instead of five hours sleep, probably needs a good 10 to 12 hours. A couple nights in a row would probably be good for him. Uh, so I'm flying solo today, and again, you can play the part of the uh, co-pilot. Feel free to do so. Our phone lines will be open throughout the show. It's 888-463-6748. The phone number, David Olson, our producer. You already heard his voice, and now uh, we hope to hear from you, the listener out there. We do appreciate your Joining us here on a beautiful, beautiful Wednesday, a Thursday morning, opening of college football, as we talked about. How about that? But let's open up with a little baseball talk here in Chicago. We're still um, in the semnants and the remnants, I should say, of a pennant race. The Chicago White Sox do win yesterday, beat Cleveland 6-4, to and they sweep. Three-run homer by Paulie Canerco in the eighth inning was the difference. I think Alexi Ramirez led off with the homer, and then Canerco hit a three-run homer, but... The joy is tempered somewhat by the fact the Minnesota Twins held serve as well. They defeated uh, Twins defeated Detroit two to one. I think Detroit tied the ball game up in the eighth inning. Francisco Liriano pitching extremely well for the Minnesota Twins. He has returned to form uh, almost where he was before he uh, had that injury. Remember, he was the top. Not one of them. He was the top young pitcher of baseball, Francisco Liriana, before he came up with the arm problems. And since he's come back, he hasn't been quite as good. But it's uh, it's starting to kick into high gear for him right now. He was brilliant last night. And the Twins pull it out in the 10th inning. Beat Detroit 2-1, to one, so they keep their four-game lead over the White Sox. But the uh, Sox certainly did their part. They sweep the Cleveland Indians. I think a day off today, and then they got the Boston Red Sox coming in tomorrow. Hopefully Gordon Beckham. Uh, We'll be back at second base. He injured his hand. They initially feared it was broken. Actually, they didn't fear it was broken. One doctor who misread the x-ray 
thought it was broken and informed Gordon as such, but uh, about 15 minutes later, he was reinformed that, no, it's not broken. You'll probably be able to play in a couple of days. So uh, Sox win it 6-4. to four. Mentioned at the top of the show, Paul Canerco. He's got to be in the, um, if he's not a lead candidate, he certainly has to be in the team picture. Four most valuable player, and he's doing it in the best of ways, particularly in this current day and age of sports. You don't see many guys like Paul Canerco anymore. Understated. Not getting in a lot of controversies. Just go out and he just goes out and uh, does his thing day in and day out. You know, he's had some great games this year, but for the most part, the brilliance of Paul Canerco this year has been his consistency. I mean, he has not really hit any kind of an extended slump. And I'll take those guys any day. Over the guys that can get hot, you read about them in the paper for brief moments in time for you know a week here, a couple of weeks here, they're red hot, and then they go into big slump. Paul Canerco has been solid all season long. He's come up with big hits all season long. This is a guy at the start of the year, and you know myself and Joel, we were not lead in this category, but I don't know that we were deniers of it either. And many thought, uh, you know, good time to trade Paul Canerco. Time for the White Sox to get young. You know, Canerco was a nice, solid player for us, but... Uh, Let's trade him, see if we can pick up some pitching, maybe pick up a good young player. There was that thought process. And we didn't exactly shoot it down either. But Paul Canerco has come back at the age of, I don't know what, he's 34, 35, 36. Had a great season. Three-run homer yesterday in the eighth inning when they were down. Clutch. It's what you talk about. Not building up stats when the games don't count. Some guys are masters at that. we got a couple guys in the Cubs right now that are hitting extremely well, that could not hit first half of the season. But uh, Paul Canerco throughout his career, and certainly this year, he's done it. More often than not, when it counts, clutch hits, clutch RBIs, hit the ball when it counts. Three-run homer in the eighth inning yesterday, and the White Sox surge ahead 6-4. to four. Wasn't easy, by the way, if you watch the ball game. Chris uh, Zale comes out of the bullpen. Of course, the White Sox bullpen is uh, tired, to say the least. Bobby Jenks not able to go. You still got Mark Thornton. You still got J.J. Poots that are on the disabled list, a young Eric Threets who was developing into a, um, if not a closer, pretty good setup guy, pretty dependable bullpen guy. He is out for the season, kind of a tough injury for him, and actually it might carry into next year, could even in a worst-case scenario be a career-threatening for the kids. So Eric Threets is out as well. But uh, Chris Dale, less than a year out of college baseball, Made the quick move up from Class A to Class AAA, and boom, he is playing Major League Baseball right now. Chris Sale gets the job done in the ninth inning. He didn't make it easy either, though. He didn't make it easy. A couple of walks. We had an error. Tying runs are on base. You're thinking, oh, man, the bullpen's going to blow it. After Paul Canerco hit the three-run homer, come on, guys, read the script. This will be a big win for the White Sox. But uh, Sale did read the script. He just wanted to make it a little suspenseful. Before the game was over, strikes out Shin Choo Choo. How do you pronounce the name? Shin Choo Choo? Shoo Choo. Gesundheit. God bless you. Thank you very much. That's my line. <laughs> he comes out with the strikeout of Shin Choo Choo. Pretty good hitter for the Cleveland Indians. So Chris Sale getting the job done. White Sox win it 6-4. to four. Freddie Garcia, by the way, speaking of injuries, uh, taken out after the fourth inning with a stiff lower back. Not good. Not good. Not good at all. Stiff lower back. When you're 23, 24, 26, 28, you can recover from the lower back. Freddie Garcia, he's up there in Paul Canerco territory. I'm not sure who's older. I think Garcia might have a year or two. 
on uh, Paul Canerco and the stiff lower back. You do not recuperate so easy. Now, in previous times, Freddie could have used uh, you know a little bit of the magic formula, maybe to recuperate. But ever since Freddie got caught and admitting using the quote unquote magic formula, I don't think he's going to be able to get away with that. So he may have to mend the stiff. Um, Lower back with over-the-counter drugs like the rest of us. Let's hope he'll be okay. The White Sox certainly need him for the stretch run. All right, we'll talk a little baseball. Get into some uh, college football for sure. we got the Bears taking on the Cleveland Browns tonight. Game four of the exhibition season. If we have any football fans out there, any Bear fans, you want to talk about that game, we will certainly do so. And if you don't want to talk about that game, that's probably okay with us too because I'm not sure what we're going to see in game four. Actually, it is cool from if you like sports from the human condition, and that's one of the things I enjoy about sports is the raw human emotions that you see in sports. You will see, and the winning and losing is not going to be that key, and you're not going to see that many guys that are going to have an effect on the season, team, on how they play during the season. But if you're into the human condition, it's almost like a reality TV series. Game four of the exhibitions, it's almost like Survivor. Shoulder pad and helmet style. You're going to see a lot of guys tonight. You know, maybe 15 or 20 guys combined, offensive, defensive side of the ball, that are looking for three or four spots that are left on the team. So if you watch it from that angle, particularly the skill position players, I mean, you think the pressure on them. One missed ball, a well-thrown ball by the quarterback and a missed catch by a receiver, that could be it. That might be the difference between making the team and getting cut in offensive linemen getting beaten on a move to the inside or the outside, swim move, nip and tuck move, rip and tuck move. Nip and tuck is a TV show. A rip and tuck is a football move. But one mistake like that could be the difference. So there is some pressure on uh, the game when you watch, not just the Bears-Cleveland game, of course any. Exhibition game, particularly exhibition game number four. So strictly from the human emotion condition and watching the uh, if you want to call it that, of the drama unfold, you can get into watching those games a little bit. I will be uh, probably watching a little college football. Northern Illinois on Comcast tonight, taking on Iowa State. I think Iowa State, four-and-a-half-point favorite over the Fighting Huskies. So we'll uh, take a look at that game. I read in the paper where Northern Illinois coach uh, Jerry Kill. you got to love a coach named Coach Kill. Coach Kill uh, still undecided. A lot of coaches are. Seen that more in college football this year than we've seen, uh, including... Joe Paterno at Penn State, where right up until a day before the game, 48 hours before the game, still not sure who their quarterback is going to be. Seems like that's a little more prevalent this year in college football uh, than we've seen in recent years. But Northern Illinois has got three guys. Chandler Harness, the starter from last year, but two other guys. Apparently Chandler, last year's starter, has not separated himself from the rest of the pack. And you got a battle on Dr. Kill. The game is tonight, as of yesterday, when the papers were being... Uh, Release when the stories were being written. He did not know who the starting quarterback was going to be. So that can work for you. That can work against you. Of course, the defense, the team you're playing, the opposing team, doesn't know which quarterback to prepare for. So that can work for you a little bit. All right, 888-463-6748. We're going to take a quick break. It's two guys and a mic. TalkZone.com. We're going to get off the sports page today, too, as well. David Olson, I have a list in front of me. According to some quote-unquote experts, top movies of all time. You are a movie guru. And again, this you could be argue this thing back and forth. But they've got a list of some of the greatest movies of all times, the all-time classics of the classics. 
see if you agree or disagree. David, our media expert, will jump on that as well as hopefully you, the listener. 888-463-6748. We'll take a quick break, dial it up, talk some sports and more. Coach Flynn, solo today, talkzone.com. Two guys in a mic, one guy and one mic missing. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john cone hey we do welcome you back two guys and a mic talk zone.com we do the show each and every monday through friday 10 in the morning up until 11 o'clock five days a week one hour a day five in total got that down to a science so david olson and we should say uh, this coming monday we will be off the air is that correct that's correct. Your labor is taking the day off, so you have to take the day off. Labor Day Monday. Hard to believe we have hit Labor Day weekend, so no labor here, no labor on the air. It's correct. It's a well-deserved day off for you guys. I've never seen any staff that has more well-deserved day offs than you guys. It's unbelievable. If you get any more well-deserved, you might be arrested. Oh, good. And tomorrow, of course, we have our very first, very first football Friday. Of course, there won't be any... Program. We're not going to put point spreads down in exhibition games. We won't do that, particularly exhibition games number four. But tomorrow we'll uh, go football Friday, I believe. We have Brian Bauer, a man who is known to do the entire show in a three-point stance. Mr. Football himself is going to be sitting in uh, chair number two today. Tomorrow, I should say. The big dog, Joel Radwanski, will be calling in with his beat the schmo football pick. So we will be uh, all bridled up, all saddled up, ready to roll our first Football Friday of the season. If you're a new listener to the program, you haven't joined us for Football Fridays. It's our highlight show. And, of course, the highlight of our highlight show is playing the game called Beat the Schmoes. Other shows play Beat the Pros. We here on the Two Guys in a Mike show like to play Beat the Schmoes. You can pick any three games. If you want to do a little homework tonight, you can prepare. High school, college, or pro. Now, again, the first week of the season, next Friday, obviously, opening game of the NFL season. You can pick pro football tomorrow. It'll be high school or college. Yes, we are the only show. We will put point spreads on high school games. That's what we do. Unofficially, of course. Unofficially. And you pick any three games against the spread. You pick them against the Schmoes, and if you uh, are able to beat the Schmoes, you win a fine prize from our somewhat limited prize fall. By the way, tie goes to the dealer. The game is called Beat the Schmoes. So if you go 2-1 and, and we go 2-1 and one, or you go 3-0 and oh, one of our Schmoes 
happens to get lucky and go 3-0, sorry, you do not win a prize. you got to beat the Schmoes just like at Las Vegas. Tie goes to the dealer. So we'll do that tomorrow, talk some college football. Of course, there are games tonight as well, Southern Miss and uh, South Carolina, maybe the marquee game. Marshall taking on Ohio State. What fans want to get a look at a, a potential national championship contender, well, a definitive national championship contender, the team that could be there on top. A lot of people are predicting that they get a early look at your Ohio State Buckeyes, Terrence Pryor. Third year as the uh, quarterback. You remember when he came out as a freshman, immediately earned the starting job as a freshman. He was the high school All-American. He had the big accolades. Like so many of those kids, he didn't quite live up to the unbelievable reputation. I mean, if you're a freshman earning a starting job at Ohio State, that's pretty darn good. But, you know, to some people's expectations, he was not immediately the superstar, but he has become a pretty darn good quarterback. We'll see if he can take the next step up. Certainly if Ohio State is going to win the national championship, Terrence Pryor, among others, has to go from good and great at times to great more often than not. And he certainly is capable of taking that next step. Big, physical kid, and certainly um, probably a top five. I haven't seen a lot of Heisman Trophy preseason top candidates. Haven't seen those lists. Obviously, the kid out of uh, Alabama who won it last year has to be on the top of the list, Mark Ingram. But I'm guessing, uh, again, you want to talk some college football, uh, here is the place to do it. Two guys at a mic, 888-463-6748. I am guessing eh, that Terrence Pryor's got to be in the top five, maybe top ten, for whatever that means, preseason Heisman Trophy candidates. I'm sure after the first three or four weeks, some uh, Different guys will rise to the uh, top, but preseason anyways, he's certainly got to be one of the guys that you're looking at. All right, 888-463-674. Real quick, let's get off the sporting front. David Olson, I have in front of me the American Film Institute, AFI, if you will. Top movies of all time. No look at the screen, not a cheat. Top movies of all time and again we invite our listeners to check in here on some of the ones you think might crack in the top 10 so opinion dominant top movies uh, your top five movies of all time based on what that's a great great question is great based question. on box office based no. on popularity no based on the classicness of it based on the cl- okay so we're reading for lack of a more professional terms yes. yeah so not box office but just on the, on the, uh, the grandeurness, if I could use that word, it's not a word, the classicness of the movie. Okay. American Film Institute, which uh, involves 32 oh. people that I think very yeah. few of them ever go out of a closed room. Yeah. Before you read the list, give me one sec here to just jot down what I think, they, what I think is going to be on this list. All right, so you're going to jot down some and see if we can crack it in the top 20. Again, we invite any of our listeners, uh, if you, you got in the mo- top five or the top 20. I'll yeah. even take in the top 20. All right. Just kind of, you know, and again, it's so opinion dominant, but it's just kind of interesting to see what they've got in the top movies. And this, I don't know if there's any recent movies in the last year or two that has made, uh, you know, the, one of the great classics of all time, but I don't think this includes the 2010 season. I could be wrong. 888-463-6748. If you want to email us, Mike2GuysAOL.com. We jump off the sports page very briefly, talking to our movie slash media expert, 
slash whatever the hell expert we need him to be, David Olson, our producer. Here's six that I wrote down just off the top of my head, and I will be shocked if at least three of them are not in the top five. Wow. Top five. Top five. Okay. Okay. One Uh, at a time. Casablanca. Hold on. Nicely done. Number three, according to the Uh AFI. Gone with the wind. Number six, according to the AFI, David Olson, two for two so far. Citizen Kane. This guy's right on it. Citizen Kane, number one. Number one. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, in your leadoff position for the American Film Institute, number one, Citizen Kane. Do you know I have never seen that movie? If you put it in perspective of when it was filmed, uh-huh. Uh, it's absolutely brilliant, but if you you kind of you might watch it and say what's the big deal, but you have to realize when it was filmed. Okay, uh, how innovative it was in the way it was shot, in the way the story was structured, mm-hmm. and everything like that. It was it's like it was just cor- so. Is it a courtroom drama? No, 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 no. It's it's not a courtroom drama. It's basically you know it's. Basically, basically the life and times of Charles Kane, who is loosely, who well, some would say not even loosely based on uh, on Hearst, the publishing magazine. Randolph Hearst. Yes. Okay. Hmm. You know, the, you, it starts with his death, and it tracks it tracks his life. Mm-hmm. Number one classic of all time. Still got three more there. Probably think, was that 10. Spencer Tracy playing the lead role? No, 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 no. That was Orson Welles. Ah. Orson Welles. Yeah. Okay. You know, I think I've seen like bits and pieces of it, but I've never seen the movie. It's number one all time. I may have to check it out. Citizen King. Uh, is It's a Wonderful Life in the top ten? It's a Wonderful Life is not in the top two. Mm. It is uh, okay. number 20. Okay. Number 20. Uh, Star Wars. Star Wars. Number 13. Number 13. Number 13. Huh. I have a a big problem with that. It's opinion-oriented American Film Institute. I never trusted the people in the American Film Institute. I always thought it was an organization (laughs) that had a subversive nature. Okay, and how about the Wizard of Oz? (laughs) Wizard of Oz, an absolute classic number 10. One could argue that should be higher. Let's hear the top 10 then. All right, number 10, Wizard of Oz. Number 9, Vertigo. Alfred Hitchcock. Okay. I don't think I've seen that one either. Number eight, Schindler's List. No, oh, come on. It's not bad. Maybe that's a little high. That's very high. For Schindler's List. Number seven, I remember I loved this one as a kid, Lawrence of Arabia. With okay. um, Lawrence Olivier, right? Peter O'Toole, wasn't it? I'll look that up. <laughs> Number seven, Lawrence of Arabia. Peter O'Toole? Maybe I'm getting my Lawrence's picked up. Number six, Gone with the Wind. You nailed that one. Number five, Singing in the Rain. All right. And it was, yeah, it was uh, Peter O'Toole, Alec Guinness, Anthony Quinn. Anthony Quinn. That's who I was thinking of. Okay. Who was the guy in the, who is Lawrence of Arabia? The the famous picture was Anthony Quinn, isn't it? In the desert with the Arabian cape on, whatever you might happen to call that particular piece of clothing. Maybe that's Peter O'Toole. Pretty good movie, though. A classic indeed. Number four, and I've heard a lot of people say this is a great one. I, I, again, one that I've never seen from start to finish, Raging Bull. 
the Jake LaMotta story, starring Robert De Niro. I've seen bits and pieces, pretty good, but I still need to see it from start to finish. But Raging Bull ranked number four. Number three, Casablanca. What's the famous line from Casablanca as he's put it on my... On my uh, play, play it again, Sam. Play it again, Sam. Something about the lips, right? Um, just put your lips together. You know how to... You know how to whistle, right, honey? Just put your lips together and blow. I don't think that's from... I don't think no? that's from... No? Not no. from Casablanca? No. Okay. Number two on the list. You missed this one, David Olson, a media critic. We count on you to come up with these ones. Godfather. Marlon Brando in the lead role. Young James yeah, Conn. Yeah, yeah, okay. A young Al Pacino. Godfather, number two. Citizen Kane, number one. Uh, on the waterfronts in the top 20. The General. I never even heard the movie. The General. The Graduate. In the top 20, 2001, Space Odyssey, Psycho, The Searchers. Searchers, that's John Wayne, isn't it? John Wayne and... uh, Never heard of The Searchers. 12th all-time classic, according to the semi-dysfunctional folks that run the American Film Institute. Number 11 is City Lights. And we already got number 10, Wizard of Oz. Now, now, a little bit later in the show, we're going to stick to the movie thing. i got one more. One more uh, test for you. This is going to be a little bit tougher. Okay? Top 10 heroes. Some of the greatest guys, the greatest heroes, the greatest good guys in movies, and then maybe even easier and more interestingly, top 10 villains all time in movies, according to the American Film Institute. We'll do that uh, a little bit later in the show. Again, people want to check in. They can do it at 888-463-6748. If you got a movie that was not in the top 20 that you think deserved to be or you want to take a shot at the upcoming, and again, this is according to the AFI, American Film Institute, who are uh, some of the most vicious villains in movie history or some of the best good guys in movie history. We'll give you the top 10 list in both of those categories. We'll take a quick break. It's the coach. Flying solo today, talk some football. We got exhibition, uh, final exhibition games coming up this weekend. More importantly, college football on the docket. And uh, we haven't talked about the Cubs. The red hot Chicago Cubs. We're only 19 back. How many games left? 31. 19 back, 31. If we go 31 and 0. And the Cincinnati Reds go 0 and 31. We, this could still. Be the Chicago Cub here. I got the Mike Quade fever going. We'll take a quick break. 888-463-6748. Coach flying solo today. And once again, remember your seat cushion can be used as a flotation device. Guys and a mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. Once again, here's the coach, John Cone. 
And by the way, as we welcome you back, the two guys that a mic one story we have not hit yet. We talked college football and some of the games coming up, but uh, uh, producer extraordinary David Olson, I will hold you responsible for uh, us not having brought up the story earlier. It's actually my fault, but I enjoy blaming it on the producer. It's a much easier thing to do. The Big Ten coming out with their uh, conference divisional alignments. If we got some college fans that are in the Midwest area, the Big Ten, as everybody knows, next year will be uh, welcoming Nebraska to the party. So we now have 12 teams in the Big Ten. The Big 12 will now have eight teams. Go figure that out, or 10 teams. But uh, Nebraska, Minnesota, Iowa, Northwestern, Michigan State, and Michigan. Interesting. Now, as far as I know, Dave, they, they, these are conference alignments for all sports, correct? I mean, they're not going to make like one for football and then one for basketball. No, I think it's, I think it's for, uh, all sports. All sports. Not just football. So that, so when they had to take in strength of programs, you really got to consider a lot of different programs. I would assume basketball and football were the two main ones, but, uh, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure that's correct, but I'm pretty sure. In the other side of it, you got Wisconsin, the fight in the line at Penn State, Indiana, Ohio State. Who are we missing? That's split up pretty even, at least from a football front, pretty even. But you want to comment on that? The Big Ten going to 12 team next year. Jim Delaney, the Big Ten commish, whose office, by the way, not that far from here, uh, making the announcement last night, yesterday evening of the division alignment, and there will be crossover games. I think uh, each. Rivalry. They picked out one natural rivalry for each of the teams. For Illinois and Northwestern, that became their natural rivalry. I think it's Wisconsin and Minnesota. Certainly uh, Michigan and Ohio State is the natural rivalry. So they'll continue those games on a crossover basis. But you want to comment on that, Big Ten uh, and college football fans, feel free to do so with the coach here. 888-463-6748. Let's quickly go out to the phone lines. Checking in on line number 14. It's caller Jim checking in. Jim, welcome to the TalkZone.com. Hey, happy Thursday, Coach. How you been, bud? Ah, I love celebrating Thursdays. It's happy every day for me. But, hey, uh, ha- happy Thursday to you and yours, and please keep your hands off mine. Yeah, well, after a visit to the oral surgeon on Monday, oh. every day's a happy oh, day, right? Oh, goodness. What yeah. you have? Did you have a uh, little Novocaine action? Did you have a little tooth uh, taken out, a little root canal? Extra Novocaine, it was uh, a couple of wisdom teeth, and one of them was impacted, so it wow. was a little... Wow. I didn't think it was that bad. Okay. But, uh, you sound like you sound like a slightly older gentleman to be having... I thought the wisdom teeth came out typically at a much earlier age. Yeah, 50, I guess that's... Wow. Yeah. All right. But, yeah, one kept getting infected, well, so yeah, it was time s- to make it go away. You sound like you're talking fine now. I remember back in my uh, early days when I had the wisdom teeth taken out, it was a painful... Painful experience, but modern dentistry, uh, uh, Jim, the Novocaine's not as bad, the surgery not as bad, so maybe not as painful now as it was 30 years ago. Yeah, I was thinking he was going to chisel it out. You know, you look at that tray of tools uh, sitting over there, and it's kind of like something yes. I got in my toolbox. You, yeah. know, and, you know, in all the senses, when you have dental surgery, the actual physical pain, it, it can be bad, but it's not as bad as the visual, looking at the instruments, and then probably worse, and you alluded to it, Jim, is the uh, auditory, is hearing. <laughs> Even though you can't feel it because the Novocaine, yeah. you hear them chopping away like a small-time road construction crew. Even though there's not physical pain, it's a painful experience. Right. Well, he didn't chisel. You know, I guess they used to, but he didn't chisel. There was some twisting and cracking going on, <laughs> um, but no chisel. He says, no, now we cut uh, down and we goodness. push up. 
Two of the worst words in the English dictionary, root canal. Right. Actually, when I had those, those weren't too bad. I had a couple of those. Those were nothing. All right. Let's get out of your – goes away. Let's get out of your mouth and into your uh, sporting thoughts. Uh, Chicago Jim, what's on your mind today? Again, Jim checked in at 888-463-6748. Dial it up. You two could be on two guys and a mic. What's up, Jimmy? Well, you're, you're talking sports and you're talking movies and uh... – I'm not really looking too much forward to this Bears game tonight. I know you alluded to the fact we'll see some guys we won't see the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm a little on the nervous side when it comes to this Bears team. Uh, I, I was sort of optimistic until I actually saw like three little bits of it now. and It mm-hmm. doesn't seem like they're quite ready. Uh, you're putting it mild. You're putting yeah. it uh, very gently, and uh, again, you know, this show uh, being webcast out to all different cities, all different states out there, we here in Chicago, nearest and dearest to our beloved Bears. And Jim, who knows, maybe in five, six, seven weeks, eight weeks, we're going to look back. It's possible. We're going to look back and say, I can't believe that we put so much stock in the exhibition season. Here the Bears are, 6-2, and two, their offense is clicking now. It just proves the exhibition season means nothing. So it's possible. We could be looking back on these discussions six, seven, eight weeks from now and laughing at it. On the other hand... <laughs> that would be great. It would be. It <laughs> would be. And we talked about this yesterday, and I think you would agree with it. It's not so much that they're losing. It's not even so much that they're not scoring touchdowns. It's the way the offense in particular has looked so disheveled and mm-hmm. so discombobulated. It's hard to get optimistic about that. Yeah, it's just... You know, they say it takes a couple of years. I've had a few guys tell me it takes a couple of years to learn these schemes. Well, to become, you know, you know, proficient at them. I got news for you. If you're Lovey Smith and you brought a guy in that's going to take two years to <laughs> turn your it. offense around, I think you might have. First of all, there may not be a season next year. So, so much for that theory. And Lovey Smith, yeah. he might not have a second year, uh, Jim. Some think that's overrated, but. Uh, I don't know how much longer they, you know, the Bears can continue if they have another mediocre season. Yeah, it definitely hasn't been fun, Coach. Mm-hmm. i got to tell you, it has not been fun watching the Bears. Yeah, all right, pep it up. Remember, it's football. Eh. Football, don't take it too serious. I feel like it's got you down between the wisdom teeth and the Bears. Not necessarily that order. I feel like you're down a little bit, Jimmy. Life is too short. Well, you know, there was a couple movies that seemed to be missing on that list there. Uh, live, live each day as if it were your last, for one day you'll be correct. All right, you want to go back to our movie discussion? David Olson, our producer, awfully good, nailing some of the top ones. You've got a couple of movies you felt should have been in the top 20. Well, they're in my top 20. Okay. You know, I don't know if they're going to be in anybody else's, but uh, I go back for some of the classics, uh, especially for my drive-in movie days. Um, more like the sci-fi end or the thriller end. Um, I-, I lean towards a movie called Motel Hell. <laughs> I don't know if you remember this one, but, you know, I'm big into food, right? Uh-huh. And uh, in this particular movie, these people had the best sausage around, but uh, it seems like what they were doing is they, they'd catch these people, they'd bury them up to their necks, and they'd cut out their tongues, <laughs> and then they'd water the head. And, but they got closed down by the health department, I guess. Uh, making sausage out of bodies isn't, uh, isn't okay with the FDA. Dave, we're going to rename Jim Feel Good Jim here. He starts <laughs> off our conversation with the pulling out of his wisdom teeth. He follows that up with the funeral that is Chicago Bear football. And now we're talking some movie that, uh, what's it called, Motel Hell? Motel Hell, Coach. Oh, it's, a, it's a phenomenal cult yeah. classic. I'm looking down the top 50 all time. <laughs> And I don't see Motel Hell in the no. top 50. I may have to check it out, though. 
All right, yeah, what, el- what else you got? Oh, uh, another one of the cult classics would be Up in Smoke. It was a phenomenal che- movie of the time. Cheech and Chong. There you go. Mm-hmm. That, that was another classic. I mean, I agree with a lot of those other ones. I don't know if I'd put Star Wars up there that high. But uh, The Searchers was a great movie with John Wayne. I've never seen it. Never heard of it. Wow. The it's Searchers. A lot of times. They keep rerunning it all the time on yeah. AMC. Really? Is It's yeah. worth watching, huh? Oh, yeah. Co- what yeah. is it? Cowboy movie or? It's an old Western movie, Pioneer okay. Days, kind of. And, uh, yeah, some Indians uh, get a little wild and run off with uh-huh. this girl and. They chase after this girl, and then there's the old story of, oh. you know, if the Indians had her, she might not want her back. She might be better off dead. <laughs> and uh, But they get her back in the end. I'm looking down the list of the top 20. This Searchers, a movie I have never heard of, the highest-rated Western film, the only Western film in the top 20. Hmm. How about that? i got to check that out. The Searchers made back in 1956, the year I was born, uh, Mr. Jim. Oh, four years ahead of me, Coach. Yeah. All right. Some of the other ones you might recognize that made top 50 did not make top 20. Jaws, King Kong, Bonnie and Clyde, Midnight Cowboy, a classic. I love Midnight oh, yeah. Cowboy. Oh, yeah. Uh, Annie Hall, The Bridge Over the River Kwai, Sound oh, of Music. Could. Sound of Music could have cracked the top 20, and I would not have been surprised. They got it ranked at number 40, but again, that's the American Film Institute, and they're a bunch of fuddy-duddies anyways. They probably oh, don't like around film people. They're very strange. <laughs> they're not. The things that relate to you and I yep. are not even on their page, that's, not even in their book. That's why I worry about the people in the American Film Institute. Well, yes. they, they update that list every 10 years. Okay. Now, now that I'm like remembering, it's like the list of the greatest uh, classic American movies. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they redo the list about every 10 years. Mm-hmm. So there's stuff that was on there when they first put the list out that isn't on the list anymore. Sure, Some, it depends who's doing the voting, right? Exactly. Some exactly. like it hot, who many people I've heard call the best comedy of all time. Jack Lemmon, Walter Matthau, right? Do I got the It was Jack Lemmon, but it wasn't Walter. Oh, it, wasn't oh, yeah. Walt, it was Jack Lemmon and... Uh, Not Tony Randall, no. Marilyn Monroe? Yeah, it was Marilyn definitely Monroe, Marilyn Monroe. Was it, was uh-huh. it Danny Kaye? Marilyn... Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, By the way, in the Some Like It Hot part, I'm, I'm guessing Marilyn Monroe was the hot part of that title. Tony Curtis. Tony Curtis. There you yeah. go. Thank you very much. Very well done. All right, well, Jimmy, we appreciate the call. Appreciate your uh, input, I think, into our top movie list. I just hope people aren't eating breakfast because we are America's number one breakfast sports show as long as you're not eating breakfast. Yeah, you're getting ready for your Labor Day weekend, Coach. You got big eating plans going on? Uh, no. No major, major plans, but uh, we'll be enjoying the Labor Day week. I know it'll be tough for you, Jim, with our show not on Monday. I hope we did not ruin your entire Labor Day by not being on the air. I always miss those holidays um, <laughs> with you not being on because that's usually when I'm cooking. Uh-huh. And uh, you'd be more than welcome to share some of my fare. Uh-huh. Of course, this weekend I'll be cooking something soft because uh-huh. <laughs> I'm kind of on a soft diet right now, you know. Cottage Uh-oh. cheese. I had to get creative uh-huh. with cottage cheese. Uh-huh. All right. Well, if you got any... Uh... A magical mixture for smoothies. I'm a long-time smoothie guy, always looking for a good good little smoothie mixture there. Maybe you can put some broccoli and spinach together, throw a little mashed potato. and <laughs> little vegetables in your yeah, smoothie. make a very nutritious smoothie. Uh, hey, Jimmy, have a great Labor Day weekend, and uh, enjoy the football. It kicks off this week, and uh, tomorrow, make sure you tune in because we'll be doing football Friday, okay? We'll do, we'll do, Coach.
God bless you. There's Jimmy checking it. Wisdom teeth taken out. Man who's uh, watched some pretty strange movies over his time. He checked in at 888-463-6748. Jim drops off and leaves eight other lines open. Hate when that happens. Either we don't have many callers or Jim is a, a man of great proportions. <laughs> All right. When we come back, by the way, from the uh, next break, I really quick, we threw it out there. Top villains and top heroes. All time in movies. Some of the best good guys, some of the worst bad guys. We'll also finish up with a little sports talk. We got uh, the USA knocking off Iran and uh, FIBA basketball this weekend. Will be the playoffs for that. Could be interesting. U.S. Open. We haven't mentioned that much. Uh, also, I'm going to hold you responsible for that as well, David Olson. We have not brought up the uh, one of the major tennis tournaments of all time. Out in New York, Andy Roddick. Knocked out in the second round. Big upset already. And the winds are starting to pick up Hurricane Earl. Now, New York is not exactly, you wouldn't call that a coastal city. But it's close enough to the East Coast where uh, wind, maybe some major wind, is going to be a factor at the U.S. Open. So that could be fun to watch. Of course, we talked about college football starting as well. All right, we'll take a quick break back for our final segment. Two guys at a mic, Coach Flynn, solo today, TalkZone.com. Don't go anywhere this break. It'll be short. David Olson, producer extraordinaire. Lines are open for your calls on Two Guys and a Mic. Call 888-GO-FOR-IT. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn. Hey, we're back at the Two Guys and a Mic show. Thank you so much for joining us. Beautiful Thursday here in the fine city of Chicago. Hope you're having a great day wherever location you might be listening to us from. Of course, via the webcast, we are being uh, sent out verbally and vocally to seven different continents and also parts of South Dakota and North Dakota as well, which many people like to call the eighth continent. 888-463-6748, talking sports and more. College football opening up tonight, folks. you got four or five games on TV. It's going to be great to see a college football back. Got a few games tomorrow and then Saturday. It starts in full force. Big Dog in particular, Dave, our uh, college football expert, he is uh, telling us that next weekend, Next, I'm not sure I agree with him. I still need to see the slate, but he's calling September 11th. Next weekend, one of the great weeks of the year of college football with all the matchups. I, you know, he rattled off some of them um, yesterday. You know, it was good. I don't know if I'm quite ready to hit the level that he is at, but uh, at any rate, week two of the football season should be outstanding. And we got some good matchups first week, too. I want to watch, of course, my Illinois team take on Missouri in the border war. Hasn't been much of a battle of late. Been a one-sided war. Missouri has dominated. Northwestern is taken on Vanderbilt in the Academic Bowl. And uh, Notre Dame 
It's going to be interesting. Notre Dame at Purdue, opening game. I can't remember those two teams playing on opening day. Two of the, uh, certainly in the Midwest, two of the teams with the most storied tradition in college football and playing an open, it's almost too soon for Notre Dame and Purdue. I think the game is at Purdue. But, of course, it's Brian Kelly's first game as the head coach for Notre Dame. Expectations are high there. And just on a talent basis, both those teams pretty even. So that should be a good game. Uh, Purdue's got a pretty good young coach, too, as well. And Danny Hope. And uh, we'll see if they can get their passing game going. I know they're breaking in a new quarterback this year. So good good, good slate of games. We'll talk about those uh, as well tomorrow on our Football Friday, college football kicking off tonight. So hopefully you can tune in, and uh, we'll talk about some of the games on tomorrow's show. All right, real quick. Real quick, jump off the sports page here. We have the American Film Institute's list of the greatest good guys all time, the greatest heroes in movie history. And then the greatest villains, the worst bad guys in movie history. David, you take care to throw out a couple of names on either end of the spectrum? He's looking at the screen, folks. No looking at the screen. I'll give you just just to get you cooking. I'll give you where do you want to go? Good, you want to go heroes or villains first? Uh, let's go um, heroes. All right, good guys. Number ten, you nailed him. Peter O'Toole from Lawrence of Olivia, uh, Arabia, mm-hmm. who played T. E. Lawrence. Mm-hmm. You know what? I mean, I remember I loved the movie as a kid. I haven't seen it since I was like twelve years old, so I can't even remember why he was such a great hero. Uh, number nine, I thought he might even be ranked higher, George Bailey, James Stewart from It's a Wonderful Life. Number eight, Aliens, Sigourney Weaver. Oh, Ripley? Alan Ripley. All right. Never saw any of the aliens and have no desire to. Where's James Bond? Is he coming up? Something about Sigourney Weaver bugged me immensely. James Bond, very nice. Very nice. Number three. Number three. Sean Connery's James Bond, by the way. They specify that. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, number seven, Rocky. Okay. Greatest good guys. Again, any of our listeners, you want to chime in, see if you can nail some some of the top ten list or pick some people you think should be in there, or you want to go down to the worst bad guys, the villain list. That might even be more fun. 888-463-6748. You can email us at Mike2GuysAOL.com. M-I-C and the number two. Mike2GuysAOL.com. Number six, Jody Foster. Clarice Starling from Silence of Lambs. Seriously? For that's wow. That's for greatest that's, heroes. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's really high. Yeah, I don't I don't see that one at all. Number five, uh, Will Kane, Gary Cooper from High Noon. High Noon, yeah, yeah. Number four, Rick Blaine, Humphrey Bogart from Casablanca. He was more of a, he was more of an anti hero, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah, I would agree. I'm not, yeah. It's been a while since I've seen Casablanca, but I don't recall him as yeah, he wasn't very he wasn't very ethical. Yeah, but they got him down here again. American Film Institute. The, the, the day might have been wearing long on the American Film Institute when how, they came out. How many out are left? What, what's left here? Oh, uh, we got the top two. It's just because oh, we got the. You got James Bond. You got Rocky. James Stewart from It's a Wonderful Life. To Kill a Mockingbird. What was that Very guy's nice. name? Very nicely done. Gregory Peck, Atticus Finch. Okay, yeah, yeah. Number one. He's number one. Number okay. one. Number one on the list. And number two, they did a uh, many sequels of this. It was the beginning of an illustrious career for this actor. 
adventure films. Indiana Jones. There it is. Number two, Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark. I guess maybe. It was no, that wasn't. It was uh, Star Wars. Was uh, Han Solo was his big thing. Okay. And then then he got Indiana Jones. And okay. Indiana Jones is what like uh-huh. it's what kept uh, Harrison Ford from becoming Mark Hamill. <laughs> if you look at their two careers, and uh-huh. then yeah. <laughs> yeah, if he didn't have Indiana Jones, he would have been Mark Hamill. That's a pretty good way of putting it. Very enjoyable way of putting it, as long as your name is not Mark Hamill. <laughs> Who's right. carved out quite a niche in voiceover work. He's like one of the okay. premier cartoon voiceover actors, I, I believe it or not. As Johnny Carson would say, I did not know that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's really big. Uh-huh. All right, very quickly, because we're uh, winding up the show here now, the villains. And, and that hero list, there's almost a difference between heroes and good guys. Okay, well, if... if if uh, Clarice Starling is on there, Hannibal Lecter is going to be ridiculously high on that list. Uh, ridiculously high as in number one. There you go. And you know what? There you you can't argue with that. Worst villain, go. the baddest of the bad guys in movie film history, right. according to the, the AFI. Th- this one's a little bit easier. Um, the Wicked Witch is probably on there somewhere. Oh, nice. Very nice. Margaret Hamilton, the Wicked Witch of the West, number four from The Wizard of Oz. Well, if Star Wars was number 13, how high is Darth Vader? Because he's got to be on there, too. Number three. Number three, okay. David Olsen right on it. By the way, the voice, I did not know this. The voice of Darth Vader was James James Earl Earl Jones. Jones, yeah. I did not know that. Yes. Um, Well, see, and you can get a lot from the the heroes list. Uh, What was the bad guy from It's a Wonderful Life? Uh, Potter. Yep. Number six. Number six. Lionel Barrymore played that particular part. Um, Nurse Ratchet. Oh, very nice. David Olsen nailing him here. Well, like I said, the the, the villains are a lot easier. Uh Uh-huh. One Um, flew over the cuckoo's nest. Nurse Ratchet. Number five, Louise Fletcher getting an Academy Award supporting actress, I believe. Um, Not just nomination, but a win for that particular role. Um... Mm-mm-mm. Well, why don't you just give me give us the top ten? All right, number ten, the Queen, voiced by Lucille Laverne from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. <clears throat> number nine, I've never saw the movie Double Indemnity, Barbara Stanwyck's role. No, no. Number eight, Glenn Close from Fatal Attraction. <sighs> okay, played it pretty good. Yeah, maybe. Arguably not top ten, maybe top twenty, but she she was pretty uh pretty nasty, pretty nasty. Scared a lot of us single guys at the time. I can guarantee you that. You got Mr. Potter, It's a Wonderful Life. Number five, Nurse Ratchet. Number four, The Wicked Witch of Wicked Witch of the West. Number three, Darth Vader. Number two, one of the classic scenes of all time, the shower scene. Norman oh, Norman Bates. Bates. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's your top ten villain list. Uh, Kathy Bates from Misery. They got uh, the shark from Jaws in the in the list. Trying to look at one, some of the ones from more modern days. Max Cady from Cape Fear. Travis Bickle, Robert De Niro from Taxi Driver. See, I can't wait for the until they update the list. Uh, did you see Inglorious Bastards? I did not. The bad guy in that was so unbelievably fantastic you can kind of ignore the rest of the, the rest of the film which uh-huh. i was as a whole i was very very disappointed in the film mm-hmm. uh but the bad guy uh christopher whites i think is of his name unbelievably good 
He won the Oscar last year. He was, he just, was so bad that he was good. Oh, oh man, he was just because. Did he win the Oscar for Inglorious Bastards? Yes, really. Okay. Yeah, he won it for Inglorious Bastards. Okay. And, I mean, he was like he was like the bad guy with the with the with the coating of sugar. He was never like outright evil or anything, and he would just talk, and he'd have this smile on his face, and he was just like evil incarnate and he was mm-hmm. fantastic did it without all the uh, the graphicness and the horror he just created evil yeah almost more from sensation he was a nazi commander okay he was a nazi commander okay but, uh, speaking of which they got to have uh ralph fiennes from schindler's list has got to be in this category right ray fines what that's how you pronounce his name ray fines ralph though, ralph no it's pronounced ray it's spelled Ralph and pronounced Ray. Yep. Yeah, it's it's, it's spelled yeah. Ralph Fiennes and it's pronounced Ray Fiennes. Whatever. He should be in that top twenty list too. All right, we got to wrap up today's show, folks. Football Friday coming up tomorrow. College football kicks off tonight. Turn on an ESPN and Comcast Sports Network wherever you are and catch a little football. It'll be coming at you. We'll talk some baseball too. Big series coming up for the White Sox over the weekend. They're still four back of Minnesota. My Cubs. Mike Quade, baby. He's got him on a stretch one this year. Could be our year. If not, next year certainly will be. No question about it. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll do it all over again tomorrow at 10. Don't be late. Talk to you.com.